everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. I'm joined by my chief staff, Hallie Warner. Good morning, Hallie. And today we actually have a great example of using business as this conduit for personal growth. Every day, um, we, we've done podcasts and interviews and, and blogs on this. We use what's called the five daily questions. And one of the reasons we have these five daily questions, which we can link in the show notes, show notes to um, blogs. So if you have questions about the five questions, it can be in there questions about the five questions. But one of the cool things that we use for these is to um, a triangulate information, but also just to use this as an opportunity um, the five do the questions to kind of be in alignment with um, your staff and to help grow them personally or professionally based on what you're seeing in the five questions. So today I want Hallie to read um, Caitlin, our director of marketing, um, sent in her five questions and she's obviously given us permission to share this uh, with one of the her kind of right after the New Year's of, of kind of maybe her New Year's resolutions. And I just want to share a little dialogue. I also there's two things. One, I'm just kind of sneak peek into this. I want to also share a little bit of just what goes on as communication between our organization. I think it's always fascinating to see how a leader responds, how people in the organization are writing versus just talking about things. So this is just a, a direct example of how we use the five daily questions in our business. So Holly, do you want to read um, her kind of her mm -hmm. one part of her questions? Yeah, so it's this, it was the second and third part. And the second and third questions are what were your struggles today and how did you overcome them? So what um, Caitlin said was that caffeine is her struggle. And here's what she said. I'm so addicted. My eye was literally twitching on caffeine today. This is my next thing to kick. I know how to stop using it. I did it with alcohol and never miss it. So I know I can do it with coffee too. I just have to put in the work to reframe my relationship to it. The cool thing about quitting one thing using your mind and not willpower is that I know it's repeatable in other areas of my life. It will happen in 2021. Awesome. First of all, I love the fact that um, she's given permission to share that, but also just to show her kind of her personal journey, right? Of using business of, of frameworks of models that she's used to apply into her personal life. And so when I saw that, I, and this particular one, you and I, Hallie, are actually CC together mm -hmm. on these five questions. And so I actually responded because I was more curious to that question. My, and I'll give you, and Hallie will read my response. Yeah. Um, Adam said, I'm curious on, cause we were talking about, you know, why, why did you decide to quit caffeine? Yeah. And so, um, Adam, you said, I'm curious on the coffee too. Was it a resolution, a mind created a mind creation of, I need to kick this habit because I'm supposed to, or was it a genuine, I am no longer interested in coffee. And I think, yeah. And then ahead. I was going to just say, and then a three day conversation <laughs> ensued about needing versus enjoying versus and caffeine and coffee and the mind and all that. Good stuff. So we're, so let me just start with you. Then where, what did you take away from, from that conversation? Cause I know we had a long, a lot of conversations around yeah. that over the course of, of time. Yeah. So I think, well, actually after when we, after we started kind of going through all of these different things about the needing and versus enjoying, because I personally, um, enjoy coffee, but I can take it or leave it. Yeah. I have it a couple times a week. I don't wake up feeling like I need it. I, I don't crave caffeine, um, anything like that. So I don't have any particular attachment to it. So I found the conversation interesting about also knowing that you at one point had, and this is what I was curious about from you is that at one point you very consciously decided to quit caffeine for 30 days. I think it like was like six months. Yes. Okay. Six months. Yeah. And so, but you never answered my question, which was why yeah. did you decide to do that? Was that, um, something that you just wanted to challenge yourself with? Was it society? We know society sometimes is like caffeine's bad. Caffeine's, caffeine's good. good. Yes. Um, so were you following yeah. kind of the latest research or the latest trends? Um, what prompted you to do that? And then the whole conversation that really ensued was, is there anything, what's wrong with enjoying coffee? Yeah. yeah. 
what's wrong with enjoying you know it was like a glass of wine or a hot bath or any of life's simple pleasures is that needing it or is that just enjoying it where's the line yeah and you can even i love how you frame that you can even bring that into uh even business right do you i don't need money but i enjoy money right i enjoy hiring people i don't really enjoy firing people or any of those type of things i think all of that i'll answer the question about the the coffee thing um Mm -hmm. but uh in all of this, so let's just unpack this. All of this comes down to, and like you said, and I've seen this in action over the last decade where Hallie, you can show up and have Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And when you do, you're all ramped up because you, exactly. Sometimes and you're just like, and it's yeah. just, I can tell you've had coffee. And then other days, like it's just, you, you come in, you just, you don't have to do anything, right? Yeah. It's just not, there's no, there's no energy attached to it. And I think that's where this is four words that just stay by my desk that are really important. It says need nothing and enjoy everything and so that's really where this stems from is and people hear that and they go why well that's just ridiculous and i get it just bear with me that's your mind talking but really when you start to unpack this it's not about need it's not about um it's needing nothing but enjoying everything so there's nothing wrong with any simple pleasure there's nothing wrong with making money there's nothing wrong with having a nice house or cars or yachts or a bath or a glass of wine the challenge that comes up with this is if you're using anything outside to change you inside to make yourself whole and complete. That is another way of saying it is, are you using the outside to change how you're feeling inside? And we'll unpack this. I'm actually looking at, I have these, this card deck right here, right? And it's actually perfect for this conversation. It says, you think the solution to your inner problems is in the world outside, but nobody has ever truly become okay by changing things outside. There's always the next problem. And so when we need something, like if, if we need coffee and we don't get it, we suffer. If you don't get coffee, you're like, ah, I could care less. And actually one of Caitlin's comments in one of her paragraphs, she said, it's like, it's not that I don't have a glass of wine every now and then I had one for my anniversary yeah. and, and I could, I could have had it. I could not have had it. There's no energy attached to it. Yes, exactly. And that's where this is, this is the same concept of business meets spirituality where you can have laser focused results. You can fire people, you can hire people, but there isn't any personal attachment or energy to these things of you wanting to do them to make yourself feel powerful, to make yourself feel significant, to make yourself feel better than anybody else or to any other emotion that you need to try to overcome because you're not okay inside. So all of the need that people go after is because the inside's not okay. So therefore I'm going to go change the outside so that I can start to feel better inside. Okay, I got a yes, question for in. you. Yes, I know. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, is this an, is this considered enjoying or is this considered needing? So, if for an example, if you are um, looking forward to something, if you're looking forward to um, the end of the day, going home, being with your family, and making dinner and having a glass of wine, yes, is that enjoying it or is that needing it? When you're looking for, when you you know what I'm trying to say, yeah. like, or you're looking. Or are you only allowed, allowed, you know, to enjoy it when you're, when you're there? Yeah. I'm not going to say there's no right or wrong there. It's, it's when you are, when you're visualizing the future about some event that's going to occur and it starts to open you up when you're using your mind to do that, you're taking yourself out of the present moment. So you're just, you're using some future event that could happen because it may or may not happen. There's probably a a large certainty that it will, Mm -hmm. um, but that opens you up. So I always ask the question though, when I do this, so 
I'm not going to answer yes or no because I don't want there to be a fixed answer for anybody listening to this because there's no right or wrong. But as the, what I would take away from this is when you when you find yourself imagining about any future event, just like you said, going home, making dinner, playing with your kids, or going on vacation, mm-hmm. or anything like that. First of all, when you when you come back to reality, right? It's like you come back into consciousness. All that means is you get out of your mind again, come back to kind of reality. And that thought opened you up. I always ask the question, go, why aren't I just open now? Mm-hmm. And so that's what because I would that means invite you're people. You're not enjoying everything. Exactly. If you're not in the present. Exactly. And so I would just invite people to go from that angle of when they find themselves imagining about some future event and that imagination makes them feel better because of them thinking that some future event is going to open them up in a certain way because it has in the past. Mm -hmm. That's why the mind does that. The mind does that because you've the mind has, has realized that, hey, if I get Hallie to go have a bath and a glass of wine and enjoy dinner with her husband and I can and she goes do that, that's going to open her up. So therefore, when she's not OK during the day, I'm going to get her to imagine that she's going home and doing that. And that's going to open her up because that's what she asked me to do is make her feel better. So then we just get caught in this pattern, though, of using the mind to project ourselves out of the current experience or the present moment so that we can find some future event that's there Mm -hmm. that we can feel good about. And we hold on to that. And that's the hope. Right. And so I would just invite people. Or a past event where you're. Well, I'm going to go go there in a second. Right. And um, and so you just you're using the present or the past right in there. So I just all I ask people to do is invite them into when that when they come back and they realize they're no longer dreaming anymore. Right. Just ask yourself the question of why am I not okay right now? And that's ultimately the question I just ask myself almost every moment of every day is why isn't my heart open? That's literally the question. But couldn't it be? Is it mutually exclusive? Can you be? open and in the present moment and also looking forward to something. And there's nothing wrong with looking forward to anything. You're not going to get me to say there isn't, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. There, there is nothing wrong with that. It's it just, it, there's a much higher state to get to, right? And that's, there's nothing wrong with any of that, of, of using money to make power. That's not wrong either, right? There's no, I don't see it as right or wrong in any of that, but if you, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it's just, the, the, there's, there's just like that card said, there's always the next problem. Mm-hmm. So while you get through the next one, there's the next problem and you visualize that same thing. However, I can see why people do that of thinking about pleasurable experiences, right? You know, mm-hmm. playing with their kids, skiing, vacations, just taking some recharge. Think about it. People just got back from break. They were so excited to go on break. And then two days in the break, they wanted to be back working again. Well, not everybody, but you get the point. I, yeah. I just saw it in our own team. I felt the same experience. And I asked myself the same question I'm asking that I would ask for you guys to do is when I felt this pull to want to go work again, I said, what am I trying to dist- Am I trying to distract myself? Am I trying to do I not feel significant? because I'm not, yeah. I'm not there. Am I not feeling accomplished? And, and so you sit and you actually get to, that's what my question arised from, from asking Caitlin, that thing is the same question I would just ask myself and it just kind of came out because I'm just constantly using my mind to ask those questions. I can see why people do that in the pleasurable experience though, about thinking about some future event that could occur or holding on to some past event that was wonderful and fabulous. And you hold on to that. And there's nothing wrong with the memories. There's nothing, again, there's no right or wrong here. But unfortunately, the majority of the things that show up are not positive. Mm -hmm. They're fear or worry or what could happen or what if this thing falls? I I, I literally over the last week, um, I have the privilege of talking to a lot of very successful people. um, And and one of their biggest challenges, almost all of them was like, 
I had a successful year. I don't know if I can do it again. Mm, yeah. And I'm going, this is what a perfect opportunity. And it's like, I've, they, most of them made a lot of money this year. And they're like, I have this, it's like, they have so much anxiety about trying to replicate that so they can be seen as somebody successful. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, let's just pause right there. And actually a new coaching client and then the, she goes, wow, we're going to go right into that. Cause it was like a 60 seconds into the conversation. And I said, well, why do you think you even felt that way? Or I forget the question I asked and, and, and we went, we went right into it. And, and it was all about the fear of, of being able to replicate it in the eyes of others. That is the need to be successful, to make yourself feel okay. Mm-hmm. That is the need. Again, there's nothing wrong with being successful. Right. And in the meantime, has she been, I'm just, I don't know if this is true or not, but is she enjoying her current success was she she's not she can't right now because now she's so afraid about some future event that she needs yes and that's why she came to me it's like i need help enjoying what i what what i'm actually life yeah (laughs) that's the question right she's enjoying life and i think most entrepreneurs or our audience for the most part is probably experiencing some sort of that right that's like they have success in many levels of their life they have good families they have this or maybe or health or whatever it is right they're experiencing pretty good success but yet they're unsettled there's anxiety and that that bubbles up when you get behind, underneath all of that you start to ask questions because you're not okay and this is what the card goes you're never going to solve your unokayness i know it's not a word but whatever right your internal turmoil. yes your unokayness i just like it right um outside and that's the whole thing of need nothing enjoy everything so therefore and, and we before we got on this we always you know kind of talk about what we the point and to make sure that our audience kind of gets a clear description of what we want to, um, provide to them today. And one of the things that we talked about was like, um, you know, need nothing and enjoy everything is enjoying the experience. It's, and, and the, Caitlin asked the question, do you yeah. remember what it was? Yeah, Caitlin asked a great question about, so does that mean you go, like you go out actively searching to experience everything? Yeah. Right. Like good, bad. We were talking about, do you go and yeah. go experience drugs? Do you go yeah. experience a death? Do you go exp- like, do you just, so that you can enjoy everything. Yeah. And, or what's everything? Which is a great question because that is still searching for the experience. And I think that's just such a great question of maturity because you're actually on the path. And now you're having these real questions along the way. And that question stems from, well, am I supposed to search out experience? Like, you know, am I supposed to search out what it's like to smoke weed, right? Or to whatever the, the thing is that, that are not, that you know, are not good for your body. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying anything about weed. I'm just saying in general. Right. And so let's use heroin. Cause yeah. everyone agree that heroin's probably not good for your body. Right? Yes. <laughs> so, um, do I go search out for that experience? And, and the answer is no. Right. What it doesn't matter though. It, you don't search out for profit either. And this is going to trip people up when I say that, because when you're searching out for it, you're trying to get profit to make yourself feel okay. When it says enjoy everything, what it means is you take action, but whatever is unfolding and has unfolded and it's still affecting the present moment, that's what you enjoy. So in the example you, you gave, it's kind yeah. of a comical one and, and go there and she said, if somebody was holding you down against well, your well, force, yeah. Well, the first piece is that we, I wouldn't necessarily actively go search out heroin. Yes. I also have free will. So if someone offered me heroin, I would say no. Yes. But then the third option is, <laughs> well, what if somebody, you know, held you down, injected you with heroin? Like the hundred. Have you seen the hundred yet? <laughs> no, it's I good. Not. But they, they, they inject these people and like with, makes them be like cannibals basically. Oh, so anyways, oh, nice. yeah. Yes. Um, but so then if some, but if against your free will and somebody injected you with heroin or something, I mean, it's, that's an extreme example, yes. but right. The whole point is if something really terrible happened to you, yeah. then that's what you, and then yes. you 
figure out how to enjoy that. Yes. And, and, and so it's unfolding. Yes, exactly. Cause it's happening. You might as well enjoy that and then fight like hell to clean it up. And that's what people forget is there's a, there's a, there's a second part to that. You, you, you let the personal side of you go. If your house is being taken from you from foreclosure, let go of that, then fight to save your house. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you always, when you say let go, you mean like let go of the the energy, personal energy around it. You, You let go of fighting reality. And just enjoy right. it. If you got, you know, or, let, you, or the needing the outcome, exactly, right. or needing a certain outcome. If you, you know, fall down or fall down. If a plane crashes in the middle of Alaska and you're in the middle and you're out there and you wouldn't choose to be dropped off in the middle of Alaska, I think it sounds pretty amazing. But yeah. like you wouldn't, I would not choose, to, choose be to be <laughs> dropped off there. Neither would I. Um, but if you got out there and you're still fighting for survival, you have two choices. You either can accept the brutal facts of what it is and see it for what it is, and in, and you may not enjoy it enjoy it like we refer to happiness yeah but you can still have this underlying peace about what you're doing right because you have peace with the outcome yes you might you might survive you might not yeah i mean you just you just either way you just have this peace inside that you then you then fight like heck to live or fight like heck to change the situation or fight like heck to to turn a profit in your business or to whatever it is but the minute we need something to make us feel better inside that's outside you're just, it's wrong. It just doesn't work. And everyone knows this. They just don't want to hear that <laughs> because then they go, my entire life has been built on me trying to change the outside world mm-hmm. to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the conversation about waking up, right? A spirituality or mature or consciousness or mindfulness. All that is, is saying it's the best way I can describe it because I, you, until you, like I said, in the multiple emails, until you have the direct experience of it, you'll never, your mind will never understand it. And it's like, I gave you the example of if I said, I'm trying, I'm going to take an hour to explain what an orange tastes like, and you've never tasted an orange. You can, I can use and bring in 50 of the best poets in here to use the words that are available to us to make an illustration and a description as best as possible. And yes, you may intellectually understand what an orange tastes like, but until you actually taste it, you won't experience it. Then once you taste it, there's a knowing of it. And that's the knowing, right? You, you, you know what it tastes like. And that's, how, and you relate that to the spiritual, what's the word you want? I want to use Just there. maturity. Spiritual maturity. Yeah. You don't really In, know yes. your spiritual maturity or spiritual it never ends. It's the same thing in business. When you first start off in business, you think you understand what people are. And I use this all the time for people. It's uh, for interviews and different things like that. It's like you first get into it and you make your first hire and you go, Oh, I know what people, I know what talent Talent. really looks like. like, Yeah. I know (laughs) what talent really looks like. And then all of a sudden you make another hire and you're going, Oh, now I get it. That's the knowing, right? You know, now I get what this feels like. And then you make another hire and you're like, Holy shit. Now I really, I thought I knew what people were. Then then all of a sudden, and I hear people that are my mentors that are in their six he's going now I get it (laughs) it just never ends and so that's the knowing that I refer to so you always are knowing at the stage you are but the thing that people should always remember in business or in spiritual growth or in life growth there's always another knowing so no ever this is the problem with techniques they trap you into a certain way of knowing unless you just be open to knowing that there's always another knowing so well then I think sometimes it gets trapped in even I mean you know competitive people and people who are high achievers which most of the people listening to this podcast are to me that it's like, okay, now I need to go chase that knowing because there's a higher level. There's a higher level. There's a higher level. But, um, that's that's, your mind. That's my mind. That's the mind saying, (laughs) Oh, go chase it. Right. And, and, and when you're doing that, you're now 
imagining some future event that when I you need, get there, I need the knowing, I need the knowing instead of enjoying the knowing yes, where I'm exactly, at. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, throughout this process, just like it is in business in business, it's not one gigantic event that unfolds and you go, Oh, now I get people. It's these little decisions that you make and other people around you make and other people make. And then all of a sudden you look back and you're just like, wow, I kind of have this knowing now. Mm-hmm. It's not like I can't go, people go, Hey, what was the date and time that you knew about people? <laughs> right. It's just a series of a whole bunch of small activities and events and decisions and, and consequences and results, positive, negatively that all shape up to your knowing. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way in personal growth. It's not one. Yes. It's rare. There are events that have happened where people just automatically become very enlightened or become very rich through winning the lottery. Mm -hmm. But in either one of those cases, it's really hard to recover. Eckhart Tolle is a great example of that. And probably the one that we all know of who sat on a park, but people, yes, he's successful now. And I don't even mean successful monetary wise. I mean, like just, he's got, he's spiritual, he's collected himself and he's, he's done, you know, he's, he's uses himself as a vessel, right? Whatever you want to refer to it. But for four or five years, he sat on a park bench. He was so high from inside that he couldn't do anything. There's, and when you dig deep into this, there's so many spiritual teachers that are just ordinary people that you never know because most really enlightened spiritual teachers, they don't want to be known. They just want to be ordinary. And so they just sit in the ordinariness of, of life themselves. And so as they do that, they, um, just things unfold for them. And, and so for, for Eckhart, when he hit three or four years of doing that, he finally collected himself the same thing on the lottery. You know, that we all know that 80, 75% approximately of lottery winners in a worse off financial situation mm-hmm. within five to seven years, because they couldn't handle it because they didn't have all those small moments. So in business, you don't want that to be rushed. You need to learn through that of all the small moments of, of, of the, the decisions that you make and other people make. And, and it's never me or it's never Hallie that make all the decisions. There's always these little pieces. And this is why, like when you put one person on a cover, yeah, they may be the name or the leader, but man, it had so much more to do with all of the little decisions that everybody in your entire team has has basically contemplated and thought of and brought mm-hmm. to you. And yes, you may be the final voice of it. Right. But it's a whole bunch of people that really kind of resonate with there. And then that gives you that knowing. Right. Yeah. So, um, need nothing, enjoy everything. But you didn't answer my question about, oh, about your, the coffee? your, your yes. coffee. Yeah. What was the, and even cause we were talking to Caitlin about that a little bit too. Like, was it her mind that told her she yeah. needed to quit coffee? But I think she had, she'd mentioned that it was just like, not wanting that energy and attachment to it. Yeah. Well, she could, as she, as you grow spiritually, you actually, you're naturally start personal growth. If that makes sense for more people, it just, you naturally start to fall in balance. And I don't mean balanced life. I mean, you start to fall in balance. You eat when you're hungry. You don't over for, for me personally, I'll answer the coffee question. But for me personally, one thing that I've really noticed the last couple of years is I, as most people know, I was hundred pounds overweight and I have fought eating all my life. When I mean fought with this is I had to neutralize, I had to be disciplined, I had to use will, like, and I did it because I needed to, because I wanted to win my mind, right? And that's the, that's the stage we go, that's neutralizing the mind and winning over the mind, that, and we all go through those stages. I had to do that over, as you grow though, inwardly, what's happened to me is that there's no longer this pull to overeat, 
Mm-hmm. There's no longer this energy attached to, you know, like my wife is a great example. Like she, she's kind of like you with coffee. Like yeah. I, you, sometimes you look at those people and it's like, how are you not hungry? You're after. And she's like, I'm just not hungry. I just don't think yeah. about it. I don't need dessert. I just don't need that. Right. And people are like, and people that need it, they go, I wish I felt like that. Yeah. And so for me, all my life, I've always felt the opposite way of being like, I just need food. I need this. Like I, I, I could eat dinner. I know that I'm full intellectually. And then I just find myself walking over the cabinet, trying to get t- treats or healthy. And then you can use exercise. I'll just go exercise exercise some more to do this. That's also, this is just, it can get complicated for all of that. Yeah. Well, so, even Caitlin mentioned like you can event, you can like need the hot bath so yes, much that exactly. that could become an issue. Yes. Like yeah. anything can become an issue. Yes, it can. And so it, it, for me, what's really happened was there's just no more energy around that as much, or it's, it's very little, but it's so manageable that it's just kind of like a, it's like a, a breeze. It's just there instead of a tornado of energy that comes there. And that's all pure en- inner work. And as it happened, it's just, there's just no longer this need to want to overindulge. Do I still like dessert? Yes. Do I still like eating pizza sometimes? I'm eat 80, 90% plant-based. Do I still like eating wings? Yes, I do, but I don't need them. Mm-hmm. And there's just no, like, I don't, before it was like, I need this food in order to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. And the people that have that tendency know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. And if it's not about food, it's about something else in your life. Because, it's always about something else in your life. Yeah. Well, what I mean is like, it may be food or maybe like, oh, I need to oh, do this with work gotcha. or I need yeah, to yeah, do yeah. this with exercise or yeah. I may need to do this with, but it's not the thing. It's, it's not the, the thing. It's, it's you. Yeah. Yeah, it's the <laughs> it's energy you. and the emotions. Yes, that exactly. It. Yeah. And so that's been really fascinating in my life. And I've journaled a lot about it. And we, when we finally write our book, there'll be a lot of in that. It's just about the transition. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't one moment. All of a sudden it was gone. It was just slowly. I just, the, the energy was less and less and less each day, each mm-hmm. day. It's less and less and less till one day you kind of wake up and you go, wow, like I just, it's kind of like your fingernails. They grow, they grow. And one day you look down and you go, wow, my fingernails got really long. <laughs> I just always love that example. Cause it does, right? Your fingernails, so, yeah. well, you look down and you're like, I don't need to cut them. I don't need to cut them. I don't need to cut them. Also you look down and you're like, man, how do they get so long? Right. <laughs> and it's the same type of principles that just apply in business and in personal growth where it's just like one day, just all of a sudden you, you just kind of have this, you're like, wow, I just don't have this pull anymore. And sometimes it shows up. I'll tell you where it shows up though, is when I start to get stressed or I can feel the anxiety coming on the old tendencies. It goes, it's almost like this, this last ditch effort to grab you. (laughs) It's going, Oh, you're stressed. You know exactly how to, you know, make yourself feel better. You get your fix. I mean, whatever the fix is. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So, um, but for me, when I quit coffee for five or six months, I actually quit all caffeine. So even yes. my, I was drinking tea, but I was drinking non-caffeinated tea. Like I went full core. That was purely mind. Mind, yeah. That was all discipline. That was all like, let me show every mother ever like out there, like what I can do type thing. And it was just, yes. it was very, I'm disciplined and I can prove to the world that I am. Well, great. That didn't <laughs> just, and then yeah. what I did learn from that though was a, you can do it. It, it did yeah. suck quitting coffee by the way, for, for that period of time. But you don't have energy around coffee anymore. No, I mean, you, I'm drinking yeah. tea right now. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, even yesterday, I, uh, it's really interesting. I was, I, we, since we've had this conversation, I've been having it with my wife, Sarah, and cause she drinks coffee sometimes. And sometimes she just, it doesn't taste good. She'll pour it and she just pours it out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And, and for me, for a long period of time, I'm just like, I, even if it tasted bad, I'd still drink it. Cause it was more like, well, I, I've given myself a cup of coffee. I can let yeah. me take it. Right. And that's mm-hmm. that kind of, and then over time for me, it's just been like, yeah, it just doesn't take, I just don't drink it. And I'll just drink she. And like, and some days though, I do wake up and I'm like, man, a cup of coffee would be Sounds amazing really right now yeah. and I'll enjoy it. Right. And so that's just, again, you, you get into harmony, you get into balance with nature. That is the Tao with your, your, yes. You're nature. just getting back. Yeah. Yes. With your, you just, you eat foods that your body, every body is a little bit different. That makes sense for you drink yeah. things. It just, it starts to be in but moderation. Well, like you're just in tune 
in an alignment yes, it, with your Exactly. And then the same thing as that happens though, the coolest part about all this is when you do the inner work, it comes into your business. Yeah. It starts showing up in your business. And so you're no longer stressed out when you're successful. You're no longer stressed out when you're not successful because it just, just pause for a moment when you're doing really good. Yes. The outside feels good. So probably better, but man, you're still stressed out. Yeah. I, I hear it from, there's no well, hiding that. I know. And like these years, yeah. yes, they're making all this money and most people are still stressed. And if it's not stressed about money, they're stressed about something else. And so it's like, and yes, you may have solved that immediate like people like, like sometimes people like, Oh no, I'm fine with money. Everything's great. And then 90 days later, or even six months later, they go, Oh man, like it, it's, it, I'm still doing good, but there's something wrong because mm, <laughs> yeah. it never lasts. Yes. I get it that you can orient the world and get it the way you want. And for maybe a day, a week, a couple of years, maybe it'll be a relatively okay compared to what you've been. But at some point when you build your house on sand, it always washes away. And that's ultimately what it does because you can't ever fix you <laughs> from anything outside permanently you can do it temporarily, temporarily yeah. and you can make your it's like a band-aid band yeah, yeah right that can do that yeah. so um that's really where this conversation started from was just using the five questions how you can use this in your in your business as using personal growth to help your employees to help everybody else's around you and then sharing these conversations that you're having with people um, as we do through media and through a podcast, but um, sharing it with other people and just start having some of these conversations start somewhere. And as you do, you'll start to understand these four words that says need nothing and enjoy everything. And before you go, uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, we are going to be talking about the wonderful new movie Soul next week. So, and we do kind of give it away. I know Allie does more than I do, but um, if you um, are listening and going to watch it, I want to listen next week. Make sure you watch the movie Soul because you'll be able to follow along with the podcast. That's yeah, a Disney movie. Yes, it is. We'll see you then.